You are listening to Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, part of the Dorkening Network's coverage of the Castlevania franchise. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Ro Lorne. And our coverage is going to be about the history and lore of some of the things from Castlevania. The music mm-hmm. that you're listening to in the background is actually from the PAX East 2019 concert by Shoto Nakama and the Video Game Orchestra, which is based out of here in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Shoto Nakama has been a frequent guest on Radio Horror over the last uh, several years, and uh, he and his band do video game coverage music, and they play at PAX East every year, as well as Anime Boston, and uh, that is their cover of the song Vampire Killer. That is awesome. So we're going to delve right into a lot of the enemies of Castlevania, but I also thought we would talk a little bit about where Castlevania comes from. And it comes from um, what the word Castlevania even means, which is Demon Castle Dracula. And it was created on the Nintendo Entertainment System back in 1986. And then the last game of the series came out in 2013. Um, Originally published for the um, Famicom in Japan, and then once it got here published for, I believe it was the NES in North America in 1987. Yeah, um, and it was actually based on a story, a video game called Haunted Castle. Hmm. Or it was uh, Haunted Castle was the precursor to Castlevania. And then we have coming out when this airs, the third season of Castlevania will have launched on um, will have launched on, on Netflix. I know. I am so excited. I own, so, I mean, we have Netflix, but I also own it because I just love it so much. <laughs> it first appeared on the Famicom disc system, but a name change took place when it came to North America on the cartridge-based NES. The new Monarch perhaps better reflected the broad scope of the game, and Dracula was indeed the gloating overlord of the castle, but there have been many dangers to, uh, to the castle's lore that had been added. Um... They uh uh the the crumbling castle and possibly inspired by the castle of Cagliastro had several little uh, uh things that we've covered on our podcast about Hammer movies such as uh, in the credits you see names like Bilo Lagosi, Christopher B, and uh, Ter- uh Barrence Howard. And then also um, the actual like main creator he <laughs> had his name listed as trans fishers instead of terence fisher who we all know if you've listened to our podcast uh is the director for most of the early hammer films now at some point in 2012 2000 sorry 2014 it was announced by konami they were no longer going to make video games they were only going to make pachiko machines boo yeah (laughs) and uh they have put out a castlevania uh app game and it's gotten mixed reviews. And, of course, they've had the HD collection come out since then, which contains the three original games, the first two Game Boy games, the Super Nintendo game, the Genesis game, and Kid Dracula, which is a kind of a parody Castlevania game. It is so fun. I adore Kid Dracula. Really? I have never played <laughs> it, and it. I own it on that HD collection. Oh, I love Kid Dracula. It's so cute. <laughs> um, and I have seen and played at a casino the Castlevania Pachico machine. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only thing they're doing with it, other than making the anime cartoon series, as well as the Castlevania vinyl records. Right, and then, I mean, we also have in 2019, the spiritual successor, um, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, came out by Iga, 
um, who worked on the Castlevania series since 1999. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of like in the same, you can kind of feel the Castlevania there, though technically it's not with Konami and it's not technically a Castlevania. Bloodstain is definitely a great little um, uh, legacy of the Castlevania franchise. Um, now, the one thing I really wanted to get into, and God, you could make your own podcast about this, is all <laughs> of the creatures and lore that comes into this game. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> but the biggest thing we should answer right off the bat <laughs> uh, is why, instead of a wooden stake and uh, holy water for primary weapons, are we using a weapon uh, mostly associated with Indiana Jones or BDSM? Yes, we have a legendary whip for all of our Belmonts, and that is because uh, Akumasu, the original creator and producer, loved um, uh, he loved Indiana Jones' Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the reason why. It actually comes from Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Not because he... of kinky sex with his wife in the bedroom. <laughs> he was a huge film buff. He loved American films. He loved horror films, obviously Hammer films, but he adored Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Simon uses that whip because, I mean, the Belmonts use that whip because of that. So some of the creatures that I brought up um, right off the bat are like the Medusa's heads, which are oh, Greek God. mythology uh, monster um, and part of the Gorgons. And uh, the, the, um, uh, the 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 Medusa herself would have her head cut off, and mm -hmm. be used as a weapon against the um, uh, in the movie Clash of the Titans, most famously used to uh, have the head cut off of the Gorgon to be used against the Kraken. Yes, and uh, which I think he also mentioned that he loved that movie too. Which hell yeah, I love. I also love that movie. Oh, yeah, and I mean I completely agree i love that movie as well um but when i think of the medusa heads specifically in these games i am filled with anger as they are so hard to hit i hate those things <laughs> yeah they do the bob and weave and up and down and they're ab absolute pain in the fucking ass oh um, yeah you gotta have your like you gotta hit them diagonally it's fucking it sucks <laughs> So it's funny that we're talking about the Medusa heads and we mentioned Clash of the Titans because back in February, I went to the Boston Science Fiction Film Festival and got to meet Vanessa Harryhausen, the daughter of Ray Harryhausen. What? That is amazing. Yep. And there's a video up on the Radio Horror YouTube channel that you can watch right now with uh, the Q&A with uh, Vanessa Harryhausen talking about her father. That is so cool. She said the most challenging part of any of the creatures that he ever had to create was the Medusa, was the Gorgon, Medusa, because of all the snakes and everything, and all the way they, and having to animate all those different snakes. Oh, oh yeah, I bet so. Oh man, but so, so amazing. Then next up we have the Merman, which are these jumping fish thing that spew out like, uh, you know, like, uh, like an acid, like water thing jet at you. Very easy to defeat, in my opinion. Mermen are also mythical creatures that come from the sea. Um, usually you think of mermen, but you also think of mermaids, you know, like Ariel. Mm -hmm. But mermaids were also, uh, back in the day in real mythology, uh, luring young sailors out to be killed, and they would kill them. I know, I always thought those guys were pretty cute, the little <laughs> mermen. But yeah, when, you th when I think of mermaids, sirens, that whole idea of... Uh, 
being alone at sea and hearing the beautiful voices and getting lured to your death. <laughs> I mean, he also looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, but not the right color. <laughs> no, um, maybe more like the one from um, The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the, next, the next monster I'm just going to pick out of nowhere is uh we have a uh we have a werewolf we're not going to cover vampires we're not going to cover dracula we all know where they come from and if you listen to our podcast we talk about dracula incessantly right now <laughs> but there's also e- there's also regular animals like eagles and frogs and toads and stuff like that which is really yeah. funny uh gremlins and harpies uh or a succubus which is this half naked demon in female form supernatural entity um that's uh uses that that seduces men usually through uh <clears throat> sexual activity. Would you count yourself possibly as a succubus? I would like to think so. I, I mean it's a, a life goal to become a succubus. Lore you in your dreams. <laughs> I'm sure you're in some men's dreams, um, based on what you do in your extracurricular activities. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> what are some creatures that you have and some of the lore behind them? I have a thing with my, like, any kind of little skeletons. Skeletons are my my thing. I just adore all of them. So, and there's tons of skeletons. There's skulls. There's um, actually some enemies that are pretty, or some bosses that are pretty amazing that are skulls and skeletons. But, um, I don't know. I, it's kind of like, you can go, you can go a lot of ways with that. So there's, like, you're just your regular skeleton soldier. Um and then just regular skeleton enemy. There's skulls. Giant <laughs> skulls. Yes. The skulls are remind me of, you know, the Medusa heads also very difficult. Those are always my favorites. I mean they're which is you know, you expect skeletons and you expect little skeleton warriors. Again, referencing um referencing all the classic movies, but uh, I just oh, I get so happy when I see them. They're just always so cute. <laughs> Another thing that you can contribute to Ray Harryhausen, because in the uh, Jason and the Argonauts movie, um, he has the skeleton warrior that he uh, stop motion animated. One of my favorite and first films I ever saw, and I think really probably led me onto the path I am now. But it's that's why skeletons have a special place in my heart. And, you know, a lot of the skeleton designs in the Castlevania series distinctly look like them you know the little sword and their little shields and some of them have helmets it's it's awesome i i don't know it always makes me happy to see all of them (laughs) one of the enemies that i encountered in playing super castlevania 4 on the super nintendo was this flying floating uh sorry this floating uh decapitated horse head uh known as the horse head enemy and uh it reminded me of I, I, I couldn't think of a lot of movies that have uh, a horse head enemy in it, but it reminded me of the uh, decapitated head from uh, The Godfather, but that doesn't really attack anybody, so that oh, was yeah. kind of strange. It's just, like, in the mailbox. <laughs> or, no, no, it's on the bed. It's in the bed. Yeah, just known as the horse head enemy, but there's no, like, lore behind, like, where it comes from, which is uh, kind of funny. One of my other favorite kinds is uh, the the Dolahan, um, and while I don't know well i mean i guess there's a lot of movies but i say i just know like the the mythology of the dolahan the headless uh the headless horseman i mean like sleepy hollow and um 
might and I don't know if you've seen the anime, but there's <laughs> there's an awesome anime with a Dolahan character as one of the main characters and she's amazing. Uh it's called Durarara. It's a little older now. I mean it's not it's not like nineties old, but um so I, I'm quite partial to the Dolahan character or enemies. They're just I think they're pretty cool too. And you know, a lot of those guys are pretty skeletal, so kind of right up my alley. Pretty much all of them are up my alley because I love all these little spooky, scary enemies. But I always think the Dolhan is so cool. Another enemy I absolutely uh, really enjoy encountering in the game and has appeared in like Dawn of Sorrow and Circle of the Moon and Symphony of the Night um, and uh, Harmony of Despair is the uh, ice, the ice, just known as the ice enemy or the frozen shade. Um, and she's just kind of floating there in blue. And uh, when you hit her, she has this like, ah, oh, ah. yeah. Uh, scream yes the succubus when you hit them uh going back to them real quick they sound like they're having an orgasm they do they're like uh uh can you can you can you can you impersonate the succubus better than i can probably uh yeah, it definitely sounds much better coming from you than me. The lizard men are a pain in the ass. They're like these green guys with like spears. And if you're like below them, they will jab you in the freaking ass with the spear. Such a pain. Oh, the wizard men. Especially on stairs. Holy shit. Because especially like in the early games, the stairs are such a fucking pain in the ass anyway. Like, okay, platformers are not my strong suit. I just love the Castlevania series because of its aesthetic and its stories. But... Oh shit, man! I am not good with I'm not good at platformers. So sometimes I've been very frustrated by enemies that can just hit you from fucking anywhere. <laughs> Bone pillar skulls, going back to skulls again, are like these decapitated dragon head skulls that are piled on top of one another that shoot out fire. Not really from any kind of lore. They're basically kind of like their own thing in the game itself. But uh, those have been a constant uh, pain in the ass in the Castlevania video games, especially if there's too many of them around everywhere. Oh, definitely. That can be a lot. Another uh, enemy that I really am partial to are the golems, which have appeared in quite a number of them. And I mean, their lore is pretty much their mythology. Uh, they're, I uh, just, uh, they're like, you know, they're <laughs> like controlled uh, little, usually rock or stone or sometimes clay, or I think clay as well, mm -hmm. and iron. Um, I just, I think they're pretty cool. Um, and I've, I'm a fan of their mythology and how long they've been around. So it's just cool to see all the different creatures, but I, I think they're, those guys are neat and also not super easy. There's also the bone golem to go back to my skeletons, which are really cool. <laughs> they have lots of legs. One of the, uh, creatures that's shown up in, uh, several of the Castlevania games, uh, is a Lord of the Ring character actually called the Azag Hall. Uh, he has shown up in a couple of the Castlevania games. He is basically a broad-beam dwarf um, and one of the dwarf clan. Because sometimes we get friendly enemies, too, right. um, that are cutesy and cuddly. Like, gremlins will show up. Um, and then, of course, like, the Frankenstein monster will show up as well. If you've encountered the Frankenstein monster, they're usually, like, lumbering around. Like, in uh, Castlevania <laughs> 1 and 3. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Death also is an enemy in the game. <laughs> yeah. The Grim Reaper himself, which uh, appears in most of the Castlevania games. And, uh, I mean, I remember in Symphony of the Night, uh, his biggest thing is that he comes out of nowhere and steals all of your goods. Yep. 
I remember that. <laughs> I, uh, oh, that also reminds me of, like, uh, I like the, the Hunchback. He's in pretty much all, he's in, mo he's in tons of them. And, uh, he, he's a little, he's interesting. I always think he's also kind of cute. <laughs> he's a little hunchback. He's always kind of like a similar, similar look through all of them. And always kind of in like the chapels or in the cemetery or in a clock tower, uh, which, you know, makes sense. But I, I quite like him too. I just, I don't know. I think he's cute. <laughs> in... Uh, in Marvel Comics, Thanos' name actually means the death. In uh, Hellic, Hel Hellenic, uh, ancient Greek mythology, uh, Thanos' name means the death. Yes, and I knew that not because of Than not because of the comic Thanos, but because of Sh the Shin Megami Tensei series. <laughs> That's right. There's a character of Thanos on that, right? Yeah, pretty much all my. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of sad, but pretty much all of my knowledge of mythology and mythological creatures comes from me obsessively playing all of the Shin Megami Tensei games and not not just like the Persona ones but like like all of them I adore those games and so it kind of had me like an open door to like oh shit that that guy is so cool looking what is he like what is his actual lore and so you know just like this just like Castlevania video games been teaching me shit more than school probably <laughs> One of the um, most famous depictions of death is in the film by uh, Ing Ingmar Bergman, uh, The Seventh Seal. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, one of my favorite portrayals of death is in The Adventures, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, the Cartoon I Network series. Oh, God, yes. Or uh, death as is part of Bill and Ted's band in Bill and Ted's excellent uh, – Bill and Ted's bogus journey, and he's going to be returning for Bill and Ted Face the uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, I know. I am so excited. I'm so hyped for that. <laughs> now, some of the uh, weapons uh, that you use in Castlevania, we, of course, talked about the uh, the whip, but um, the probably the most uh, the number one thing associated with destroying and defending yourself against vampires or unholy things is holy water. And holy water is uh, regular water from a spring or tap that is blessed by a member of the clergy or a religious uh, figure of some kind and it can be of any religion too it doesn't have to be just uh normally christian but it's usually associated with catholicism for mm -hmm. um the blessing or the uh the 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 oh my god i completely forgot the name of it what what did we do with the baby in the when they're after they're born baptism thank you jesus yeah. christ <laughs> yes the baptism and uh things like that i uh I've uh, I was baptized uh, when I was actually in the army. We did a whole like baptism thing as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, crucifix also show up in the Castlevania games, and that is uh, you know going all the way back to the crucifixion of Christ. But <laughs> as far as like the lore of it defending against vampires, that was primarily created for um, uh, fiction with regards to Dracula, the novel by Bram Stoker, and then used in Hollywood movies over uh many many years kind of like yeah. by the way we mentioned um we didn't really bring this up in terms of enemies but werewolves werewolves are in the castlevania games but also um they're uh sporadic they're never like a big boss but no. uh the whole thing about a werewolf uh, a man turning into a werewolf uh because the moon comes out that was created by hollywood yeah yeah 
Man, now I'm just thinking about one of my other favorite movies of all time, uh, American Werewolf in London. Other weapons include a dagger, a short sword, a great sword, a katana, a rapier, um, several different types of swords, uh, glyphs. Uh, if, you, if you've ever played, uh, there's a couple games where characters can summon glyphs. Usually it's like a female character is the, is the, uh, the mage in the Castlevania yeah. series, and she can summon glyphs to do something like... In Symphony of the Night, if you uh, you 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 won't die if you let this happen, but if you let Dracula like beat down Richter at the beginning prologue of the game, uh, then what happens is his sister comes out and like summons all these things and gives you like you know unlimited uh, strength and you can just continue hammering away at Dracula. Mm-hmm. That reminds me too, which I don't think we actually touched on earlier when we were talking about the history. Speaking of like uh, religious symbols. When the games first, or when the first game first came over to America, the American team in charge of like translation and getting it out here was really concerned um, about all of the, not only the name, which translates, you know, to, as we've talked, translates to um, like the, the demon house or the demon castle of Dracula. So here it was, you know, renamed Castlevania. And then most of the blood, the nudity, and the religious imagery was removed as well. So it's kind of funny to think about a game about hunting vampires without religious imagery, without nudity, and without blood, really. It's like, well, what what is left? What do you got left, man? <laughs> so it's just it's just funny to me to think about all the um like all all of that sim all of the symbol or symbol I can't talk <laughs> all of that imagery to not be in here. But um I think since re-releases and reboots and remasters, we have obviously the original version of how it was intended. When you talk about the religious iconography, uh, because they were worried about the sensitivity of Americans uh, in the 80s, if you download the Castlevania HD collection, you get the original Japanese copies of those games with a lot of that Ill- religious iconography put back in. Yeah, I have that version. In talking about nudity in the Castlevania games, um, it, it's a lot more prevalent in the Japanese uh, you know the original Famicom versions because they're not as you know desensitized as much as us prudish Americans are, and that's why they probably pump out as much you know hentai as they do. But in in examples, Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, uh, Medusa has a bare chest. Yeah, I um, remember when I first saw that, I was like, "Holy shit, is her tits out?" I was like, "Are those her tits?" I was like, "Is this happening right now?" <laughs> I mean, it was it's awesome, and I think like more games should do that, and more people need to be comfortable with nudity. Obviously, I'm a fan of that, but I like I just didn't expect it having like played the American versions for such a long time. And then when uh I got older and like the 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 censorship got less strict here and then we got like all the remasters and stuff i was like holy shit (laughs) but the medusas who appear in most of the games as the gorgons are completely bare-chested then you have characters like carmilla who does appear nude uh you have the harpies who are completely topless the lady cat black panther characters are uh are nude as well there was a concept art for sonia belmont for castlevania resurrection before it which it never came out it was canceled that has sonia belmont completely nude in the concept art oh shit i didn't know that (laughs) but uh the fairies are also always nude if you notice they have little nipples at the end of their 
Yes. Chest. <laughs> the little dots on the uh, pixelations are indication that their nipples are protruding out. <laughs> Man, I love that. Good for you, Japan. <laughs> hey, they are into those bondage fairies, so. <laughs> the, there's also a few different versions of the whip. Now, I wonder why. Okay, so we know that. The, so we learned that the whip uh, actually was inspired by. Uh, Indiana Jones, but uh, there's all these variations of the whip where it's not a leather whip anymore. It becomes like a chain Morningstar style whip. Yeah, it gets crazy. Um, and I mean, I guess it is known that it's like a magical whip. Like it's not just some some random whip. <laughs> and it's only that the Belmonts can wield it and it's passed down to each successor every 100 years when Dracula wakes up to try to take over the world. Um, and then there was like a really cool thing with, um, oh, what's his first name? Uh, with Morris, with John Morris. Cause he's the, he's the son of Quincy Morris. Mm -hmm. And they got around all this by being like a distant relative of the Belmonts so he can wield the whip. But I just thought that was a neat little, another neat little reference to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now <laughs> besides obviously knowing that Alucard spelled back, Dracula spelled backwards is his son's Alucard's name. But do you know where yep. that comes from? No, actually I don't. It comes from the uh, Universal Studios uh, black and white uh, horror movies. Alucard's Son of Dracula. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were the first to do that. That's awesome. The exact location of Castle Dracula is normally in Transylvania. However... The castle has the ability to move, and they go to great lengths in the Castlevania animated series to explain how the castle moves. Yes. It's almost kind of a roving castle, but it has the ability to teleport. Uh, whenever there's an eclipse of the moon, that's when the castle, that's when Castlevania will appear. Yeah, which uh, um, I thought, I thought that was really a cool explanation. I mean, it's all whatever, you know, but I, I, I'll buy it. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, our heroes uh, have to team up to stop the castle from moving. Otherwise, they'll they'll never be able to stop Dracula. Right. I thought that was an excellent little uh, detail to put that in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I thought it was great, by the way, that Castle, the uh, uh, in the most recent Smash Brothers, uh, Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont show up. Oh, I know. I was so excited about that. It also gave, I was like, um, I was pretty hyped that, about their their appearance i liked the way they they looked it wasn't like back to you know freaking captain and uh simon <laughs> oh god yeah the less said about that the better but uh do you know why they made uh Cass uh simon belmont in the very first game uh look like the way he does what was popular at the time in the 80s what uh, actor was popular at the time in the 80s he uh conan Arnold schwarzenegger oh, yeah yeah that's true yeah they that's yeah that's kind of like where they based that look on. I mean, it was the 80s were big with the, uh, you know, the Sylvester Stallone Rambo and the Rocky yes. and, and, uh, and Schwarzenegger and the, just the big beefy action men of the uh, 80s. Oh, yeah. His, yeah, his, uh, his, even his art, like his original art, he just looks, he looks a lot like Conan. The uh, name Belmont comes from, uh, hold on. It's an old French origin meaning beautiful mountain. I'm not quite sure how that uh, works in the game necessarily, but that's actually what Belmont's supposed to mean. I mean, I guess you could, I, I guess he's a pretty boy. They're pretty boys. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that. <laughs> 
so there's going to be another show on the network that's going to be covering the Castlevania music. Uh, but I wanted to give into a little bit of backstory about where the music came from for Castlevania. The uh, the first video game that was released, uh, you know, X number of years ago, the music was composed. Uh, the when the music was composed, he actually composed it in uh, college. Oh wow! The song "Vampire Killer," which we played at the very beginning of the episode. It's either Kenichi Matsubara or Michiru Yamanon or Yama Nay. Let me just double check. Yeah. Why can't I click on anyone's name? Oh, okay. Actually, here. Let me... S- okay, the music for the first Castlevania game was composed by Satoe, or Satoe Terashima and Kino uh, Yamashita. And, uh, and like, like Chris said, back in college. <laughs> but Yamashita was using a pseudonym, James Banana, which is pretty awesome (laughs) he wanted the music to be a reflection of what castlevania is at heart uh less outright horror and more of a swashbuckling adventure uh, very akin to old errol flynn movies um but he wanted to combine the spooky minor keys with a rocking riff uh drum sound effect to give it the uh the, the the unique music that we've had through all of the castlevania video games yeah the music really fucking slaps i mean like is everyone of the of like the the soundtrack is amazing and you can listen to the music for a lot of the hammer films that we've covered and they also have uh this unique blend of them they're not just like this sweeping orchestra type of music they're really like bombastic sometimes and they're really like this just uh swashbuckling you know uh adventure uh, score that you hear especially with films like captain chronos vampire hunter which we will get to eventually that is all the notes i have for our coverage of some of the lore regarding castlevania i didn't have anything else uh i mean the enemies we could go on and on and on for but did you have anything else bro no i think that was pretty much what i had i mean there's so much information and uh, to stay within our little section that's pretty much what i had Don't forget to check out the rest of the chapters for the Castlevania coverage here on the Dorkening Network. The Dorkening Network uh, will have uh, the Dorkening uh, podcast itself will be covering the Anniversary Collection, which we just talked about. Throwdown Thursday will cover Ring My Belmonts. Uh, I believe that is going to be... I don't know what that is. Uh, Super Retro Throwback Reviews is covering 1 through 4, the original games. Retro Redocupus is going to cover the music of Castlevania. Amalgam East is going to cover the Netflix anime. Uh, we're going to cover the history and uh, the lore, and the Dorkening will kick it off with a finale at the very end. And these all start on 3-8-20 and go all the way to 3-25-20. Well, again, thank you for tuning in to Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, this uh, Hammer episode covering our connection to Castlevania. Uh, join us again for the next episode of our Hammer Horror Podcast. In a couple weeks, don't forget you can find us at Chris D S A V, and you can find me Ro Lauren on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Ro Lauren R O L zero R E N. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks, guys.
And now for the Dorkavania secret code word from Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. Our code word is the morning can be.